Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Oh, all right. Good morning, love. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good. Good, good. So how was the women's retreat? The women's retreat was amazing. It was great. Good. Yes. What was so good about it? Well, that's always such a hard question. What was so good about it? Well, you just said it was great and amazing. I know, so. but you can't like describe like everything that happened in an entire day. But anyways, we had a great turnout. Um, everything went well. You know, I'm always worried about the live stream. I'm always worried about the heating in the church because something mm-hmm. always happens. Nothing bad happened. And... Um, just it was very well received. Yeah, it was good. 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 You feel good about your talks too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are so different. I, know, I cannot the, do. I know. I know. I will never say I feel good about my talks. Oh, okay. Well, I feel good about them. I thought the day went very well, but thank good. you because you weren't even there. But thank you no, for no, feeling no, good no, about them. I've had many people tell me about them, so that's good. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways. Mm. Anyways, it was a great day. Thank you all for those of you who were part of the helping team and also those of you who showed up. And we, um, if you were there and you submitted prayer requests to us, we always get together the whole team and pray over those. So we'll be doing that this week. Good. So that will be great. And we've got Walk Through the Bible coming up next weekend. We do. So big event, Walk Through the Bible event. Uh, People can register on our website, stjohnlutheran.com. Uh, and it's a great event. Uh, Walk through the Bible is it goes through the entire. There's the Old Testament live and the New Testament live. We're doing the New Testament. Yeah. How long does it take to do the whole thing? It would be six hours. Six hours. Yeah. So we're just doing the New Testament. Yeah, we're just doing the New Testament because I, I I really went back and forth, back and forth. But I figured I've, I've had such a focus on the Old Testament yes. for the last few years that I wanted to kind of transition there. That's Make true. Make movement into the New Testament. Yeah, because the Old Testament actually for something like this would probably be really helpful mm-hmm. just because it is so confusing mm-hmm. and the way he breaks it down. But at the same time, you're right. That's We've done that a lot and also we don't have all the time in the world. Well, yeah, we've done it a lot. And I was th- also thinking about Lent. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, th- this really kind of kicks off Lent. And so the Lenten sermon series will follow with or follow up on walk through the Bible. And so for the, oh. the six weeks of Lent, we are going to walk through the New Testament. I didn't know and that. And kind of do an overview of the entire New Testament. So it all kind of works together, yeah. But Those will be the Wednesday sermons or the Sunday sermons? Those will be both Sunday and Wednesdays. And so Sundays will be uh, obviously more in-depth and detail, and Wednesdays will be more like brief devotionals. Okay. So for people who come to the Walk Through the Bible event, there is uh, they are given a 40-day devotional Ooh. as a follow-up. So to encourage people to get into the Bible and, and read it. Uh, and so for our midweek Lenten services, the uh, the devotional for that day will be based on the reading of the day. So oh. it all kind of say, all works together. Oh, I think you should have said that in the, that's a very big selling point to come to walk through the Bible if it oh. kicks off right into our Lent and everything. Yeah, well, I was, yeah. Okay. yeah. I guess well, I now you, you guys okay. set, set the word out. There you go. Send the word out that yes, you'll walk away with a devotional that will get you started on Lent. I think that's mm-hmm. helpful. Well, I can always call people to church tomorrow. We can do it again if you want. <laughs> no, I don't think no. so. Okay. But we can, you can get the word out at Crossways and at my mm-hmm. Bible studies and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, that's oh, that'll be interesting. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be great. Um, and it'll be a fun, fun session. So Good. Okay. And then just little updates. Let's see. Sophia was in Minneapolis, or she is in Minneapolis with my family this this week, she took a little right. time out of Denver, and she saw her St. Olaf friend. She said she cried when she walked around oh, St. Olaf. Oh, of course Olaf. she did. Probably the tears froze to her cheeks, too. 
<laughs> she's the emotional one. Um, anyways, so she's having a great time there and working remotely, I guess, uh, this week. And then uh, Sam got to... Did, yeah, the Stanley Cup was at West Point. Yeah, so Sam didn't get to see the Stanley Cup itself. But he's he, seen it before. But he said he's seen like thousands of pictures of it. Right, but he saw it in Columbus. He mm-hmm. went to a Columbus Blue Jackets game and actually got to touch it, which I think is really bad luck or something. Yeah, it's supposed to be terrible luck. Yeah, I posted a picture of he and his friend like kissing it. And mm-hmm. um, then I heard all sorts of feedback about how bad that was. Right, are you not supposed to... I guess if you kiss it, then you don't, you don't win it. Oh. Which isn't it such a big deal. Or maybe it has come true because, you know, he can't skate. So. Well, he does never really learn yeah. to skate. Okay, so yes. And then David's got a birthday coming up, going to be mm-hmm. 17 pretty I know, soon. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then Johnny, uh, not too long after that, you know, Johnny will get no. his. Uh, Matthew's driver's first. Permit. Matthew's first. Yeah, but Matthew's yeah. going to get a Matthew's yes. you know, yeah. driver's permit. Yep. And we City can't forget person. Ellie. She took her MCAT a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and is waiting patiently on the results. And hello, she saved downtown Austin single-handedly. She claims she did. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. She texted us at like five o'clock in the morning one day. Yes, there was a conflagration, a veritable towering inferno. Yes. Uh, a skyscraper had burst into flames and she called in the fire department. So yes. it's thanks to her that Austin still stands. I know. I said, don't you think anybody else called that in? And she was like, I don't know. Nobody was doing anything. Yeah, well, it is Austin. <laughs> she was walking to work at some ungodly hour. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. So that is all the news fit to print, I think. And we are ready to go on with Crossways, which were in Luke. Yes. And so speaking of walking to work, right? Mm. Here we have Jesus and the apostles are walking on the road to Jerusalem. So, you know, there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They each tell the same gospel story, but they tell it in slightly different ways and with different emphases. And one thing that Luke is famous for is is this section in the middle of his gospel called the road to Jerusalem. And so it begins in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And let's see, I got the ESV translations, so let me find... I have NIV, and I was not in class, so you're going to have to carry. I had to be at the dentist with Matthew. Yes, well, poor little Matthew. He's fine. So uh, this is after the transfiguration. You know, Jesus is transfigured on the mountain. And it says, when the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So in chapter 9, verse 51, he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. In chapter 13, verse 22, it says, Jesus went through the villages and towns, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Okay. Chapter 17, verse 11, it says, and now on his way to Jerusalem. And then uh, finally, in chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus is in Jerusalem. He arrives Jerusalem in style. By the way, that's, you know, Palm Sunday. So he rides, oh, okay. in, uh, rides in on style. But there's 10 chapters Uh, where Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. And so it's this literary framework that that Luke uses as Uh a way of telling his story, because as Jesus and the apostles are taking this long walk to Jerusalem, it gives him the opportunity to interact with a lot of people, to stop in various villages, synagogues, towns, and, uh, you know, teach in parables, heal people, that kind of thing. Uh, So it's, it's, uh, it's one of the things that Luke is really known for. Oh, yeah, because these are all unique to him. Exactly. And so another thing that Luke is known for, you know, they all, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all tell us about the same Jesus, but they tell us about Jesus in a different way. Uh, and so Mark, uh, Mark's Jesus, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. the, the way Mark talks about right. Jesus, he's a very challenging figure. Uh, you know, he's always, you know, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And immediately Jesus did this, and immediately Jesus did right. that, and immediately Jesus did the other. He's like rushing around, kind of a... You know, a very um, in-your-face type Jesus. Hmm. 
Uh, Matthew's uh, Jesus is a very Jewish Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know that he is. Matthew portrays him as another lawgiver. So you know, uh, Moses gave uh, <clears throat> God gave Moses the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. on the mountain. Um, Jesus reinterprets the Ten Commandments in the Sermon on the Mount. Right, that's what we're studying um, right now. You know, the, the the Gospel of Matthew begins five times in two chapters. Matthew says, all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Matthew's Jesus is a very Jewish Jesus. He mm-hmm. fulfills uh, the scriptures, which is, of course, what he says. You know, I've come yep. not to abolish, but to fulfill. Uh, by contrast, Luke's version of Jesus, Luke's portrayal of Jesus is a very compassionate Jesus. Uh, and so Jesus shows great uh, tenderness and mercy and compassion, especially toward those who are outsiders, those mm. who are not Jews, those who are outcasts, outsiders, um, bad people, you know, uh, foreigners, uh, the the sick, the distressed, okay. marginalized. Of course, you know, Jesus does Women. this in all four Gospels, but especially it's really noticeable in Luke. And we find that especially in this, in this section that we're yes. talking about today, in these mm-hmm. 10 chapters between Luke 9 and Luke 19. Uh, There are a couple of things that are unique to Luke that really emphasize this point. And so, for example, you know, chapter 9, verse 51, Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. And chapter 13, I'm sorry, is that chapter? Yeah, 9. No, that was 9. 9. And then chapter Mm -hmm. 10 is the parable of the Good Samaritan. I didn't write down the verse there. It's 1025. Thank you. Chapter 1025 is the parable of the Good Samaritan, which is a very famous parable. Exactly. It's found only in the Gospel of Luke. And of course, you know the story. Mm -hmm. You know, first the priest comes by and then the Levite comes by. They leave the guy, you know, for dead on the side Mm -hmm. of the road. But it's the Samaritan, you know, of all people. Mm -hmm. This outcast Samaritan whom everybody looks down upon. He's the one who does the right thing. He's the hero of Mm -hmm. the story. So that's that would be one example of um uh, of, of Jesus reaching out and lifting up these overlooked hmm. people. And then at the end of that chapter, chapter 10, verse 38, Mary and Martha. We spoke yes. a little bit about this last week. Uh, uh, Luke's Jesus shows great compassion and concern and tenderness and care for women throughout the gospel. Uh, but it's in the, here would be a, a prime example. So, you know, Mary and Martha. Martha is laboring in the kitchen mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes. And Mary is seated at Jesus' feet like a student. Mm-hmm. Martha comes in to say, hey, Jesus, you know, tell my sister to get up off her feet and help, which is not only, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm working my fingers to the bone here. I can right. use some help. But also, you know, women were supposed to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. They weren't supposed to be up front uh, taking the, the position, literally taking the position right. of, a, uh, of a teacher, of a student. It's, right. And, and uh, Jesus, you know, corrects Martha and says, no, no, she has chosen the best portion, which will not be taken from her. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus accepts Mary. Um, as one of his disciples, mm-hmm. which is kind of shocking. It is. And you know, the Chosen really plays up on this. Yeah. You know, uh, the Chosen really is, um, emphasizes how there were women who accompanied the apostles. They weren't they weren't the apostles themselves, but they, they were certainly in Jesus' inner circle. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the great things that the Chosen really plays up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then going on a little bit further... You know, there's the parable of the rich fool. The parable of the rich fool. Where did I put that one? That is... That's in chapter 12. 12, yes. Um, so the parable 12, of the rich 13. fool. And I bring this up because this is the only place in the Gospels where God calls somebody an idiot. This is chapter 12, verse 20. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul is required of you. Hmm. And the and Sermon the on the Mount, it says prepared. you're not allowed to call someone a yeah, fool. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Hmm. Here's what God calls somebody a fool. And it, I bring it up because it's kind of a counterexample. You know, Jesus lifts up the Samaritan. Jesus lifts up Mary. Jesus right. 
casts down this rich person who is all in it for himself and doesn't have any concern for anybody else. Right. Um, and then a little bit le- later in chapter 13, Jesus heals a woman who has been crippled uh, with um, bent over for, uh, for 18 long years. So this is chapter 13, verse 10. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the synagogue on a Sabbath. So, you know, you're, you're, you we're setting him up for a conflict here. Right. Uh, and behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years, which is, I mean, you know, David's only 17 years old. Like I know, his whole life, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was bent over. She could not fully straighten herself. And so when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are freed from your disability. But the ruler of the synagogue says, Nope, nope, no healing on the Sabbath. You can do it the other six days. Don't do it on this day. Right. And Jesus says, verse 16, Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from her bounds on the Sabbath day. And so Jesus shows great compassion for this woman who has been crippled for 18 years. And Jesus not only heals her, but then he defends her in front of the whole community. And he uh, calls her daughter of Abraham. That as opposed to you, Mr. Snarky synagogue leader, you know, she's actually a daughter of Abraham. Okay. Um, uh, Chapter 15. Boy, we could spend podcasts just on 15. Yeah. yeah. Uh, This is, again, unique. Uh, to um, to Luke, uh, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Uh, it's just tremendous. You know, the, the parable of the prodigal son. I mean, what an incredible, incredible passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you could, you know, devote oh my just hours a to it. A sermon on each person, um, a sermon on, yeah. But it's it's just an amazing story. You know, the parable of the prodigal. And so here you have this this man who is literally the prodigal son. I mean, he's, he's a good for nothing. Mm-hmm. He tells his dad, hey, you know, drop dead, old man. I want your money and I'm getting out of here. Right. And then he goes and he, you know, blows it at the gambling table or something. Mm-hmm. With wild women. So that he's got nothing good, absolutely nothing good to show for him. And yet the father waits for him. Mm-hmm. And when the father sees him, the father runs to him and embraces him and kisses him and and puts a robe on him and a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. And they throw a, a feast for him. For mm-hmm. this, my son was dead and is alive again. He is lost and is now found. Incredible story. And once again, we see that in uh, in Luke's portrayal, um, Jesus has great compassion for those who have made a mess of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the outcast, for the people who really you know are not good. They don't deserve it. Right. And God has compassion for them. Uh, we see this too, by the way, at the very end. Uh, in um, um, when Jesus is crucified, it's in Luke that we get these two famous words from the cross: "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Uh-huh. And today you shall be with me in paradise. And so, even on the cross, Jesus is extending mercy and grace oh, wow. to those who don't deserve it, to the very people who killed him, huh. uh, and to a man who deserved to be up there. You know, he was an insurrectionist, and yet at the last moment he repents, and Jesus extends mercy to both. Amazing. So maybe because Luke was an outsider himself, as as a Gentile. You know that that's the um, that's the theory, and we don't know because you know Luke doesn't tell us why he does these things. Right. But that's the most logical theory, right? Is that Luke was a companion of Paul on his missionary journeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke was a Gentile. His Greek is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke was a physician, so he you know he worked all the time with people who were in dire dire straits. Right. Um, and so you know for the the. the the supposition, yeah, is that's why Luke had such a focus on this. Mm-hmm. And sure. then just uh, two more I want to mention. Uh, well, actually, a couple more. I'll keep going. Okay, keep going. I'll keep on going. Yep. Uh, you know, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. What an incredible story that is. And that is Luke chapter 16. 
and you know you it's a famous story there's these two people you know yep. the the rich man is living high on i'd say high on the hog but he's jewish yeah <laughs> so uh you know he's he's living uh, he's living it up uh-huh. and outside his gate is this poor man who's you know carried to his gate and the dogs come and they lick his open sores i mean it's just terrible terrible and then there's this great reversal uh, at the very end you know the the rich man is in hell uh, Lazarus, the poor man, is up in Abraham's bosom, up in heaven. And it's this great reversal, which, by the way, you know, was prefigured in the Magnificat. Um, for mm, you have cast mm-hmm. down the lowly. Mm-hmm. No, no, you have uh, lifted up the lowly and cast down um, the rich. Yes. You know? uh, so it's, 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 it's part of the way that Luke tells this story. There's this real com- uh, outreach and concern and focus on the overlooked, in this case, a man who's like being licked by mangy mutts outside a gate. Uh-huh. And he's the one who is saved in the end. Ooh. Um, there's a great story of, uh, I guess we'll end it with this because I just keep going. You could keep, you've had, how much coffee have you had this morning? It's just, I, I see you and it's like coffee for you're my just, soul. You're just ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, chapter 17 is a great one. It's the, the healing of the 10 lepers. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a great story. I love it. And so, you know, all 10 of them are healed. I know. Right? And so Jesus has compassion on all 10 of them. All 10 have faith, by the way, because Jesus says, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they go, so as they act on his promise, that's when they are healed. But um, nine keep going and only one comes back. Yep. And that is the Samaritan. And Jesus says, was none found to return and give thanks except this foreigner, right? So again, right. there's this emphasizing of the, the outsider, uh, lifting up foreigner as an example of faith. Well, right. And so, yes, it says they were all cleansed, right? He healed mm-hmm. them all of their, of their infirmity. Mm-hmm. But then to the one who comes back, he says, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Mm-hmm. So he's the only one that got peace. Oh, I like that. So there's there's physical healing and spiritual Ooh, Yes. That'll preach. Well, we talked about, I preached it yesterday, so oh. too bad. You see, and I've been trying to get you to talk about what you preached. Who was I? Who was I talking about? Oh, the hemorrhaging woman. Yes, she. She when when she's healed at first, it says she felt in her body that she had been healed. Then she tries to go away, but Jesus calls her back. And then later he says, "Go in peace. Your faith. Well, your faith has healed you, but go in peace. You know, he gives her peace after her physical healing." I did not know that. There you go. I did not know that. Very cool. Um, well, well done, hon. No, are you just looking for your spot? <laughs> yeah. Well, Where, what are we doing now? Uh, well, I was trying to find the, ah, ah, chapter 18, the the Pharisee and the tax collector. Again, that's kind of an obvious one. Yes. You know, so Jesus tells this parable about a Pharisee who's standing before God, saying, I thank you that I'm not like these other people. And then there's a tax collector, so, you know, someone who collaborates with the oppressive Roman mm-hmm. government, who doesn't even lift up his head to heaven. and mm-hmm. says, have mercy on me, O God. And Jesus says, I truly, I truly, I tell you, this man went away justified rather than the other. Yep. So again, Jesus lifts up the the, the undeserving, you know, the mm-hmm. man who's undeserving and knows he's undeserving. Yep. He's the one who gets compassion. And then we'll end it with an illustration of that, which is the famous story of Zacchaeus, a tax collector. Zacchaeus. You know, so Zacchaeus is, um, he's a wee little man. <laughs> I was going to start singing, but I can't yeah. sing in the morning. Oh, well, yes. I can't really sing any time, but I don't want to sing in the morning. Um, but Zacchaeus, in addition to being short of stature, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Zacchaeus, more to the point, he was, uh, you know, he, I compared him to like a, a mafiosa guy. Okay. You know, so the, the way it would work is the tax collector, the Rome would say, hey, from the city of Jericho, we need, let's say, a thousand pieces of gold. Yeah. And then they put it up for auction. And people would say, I'll give you, I'll pay you 1100 bucks 
for the, the privilege of collecting that thousand. I'll pay you twelve hundred, I'll pay you fifteen hundred, and of course Rome would take the highest bidder. Sure. And then they give you a contingent of Roman soldiers. You would go and collect the thousand that you owed to Rome, give it to them, and then anything else you could keep. So it's essentially like a protection racket. Right. Hey, you know, nice business you got there. I'd be sad if anything bad happened to it. Uh-huh. Okay, I get it. Um, so, you know, Zacchaeus is kind of one of those guys. Uh, and so he, again, he does not deserve, uh, does not deserve God's grace, does not deserve God's mercy. Everybody in town knows it because he's victimized all of them. Sure. Um, and yet Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down for there. I must go to your house. I'm going to your house one day. Right. And this is the day, you know, and then Zacchaeus repents. Yeah. And he makes amends. You know, I will restore fourfold all that I have given. And then Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house for this man too is a son of Abraham. Yeah. And so Jesus lifts him up. He says, yeah, he's, you know, th- this man does not deserve it. Mm-hmm. But that's how God's mercy works. Salvation has come. He has been saved from himself, from his sins, because he too is a son of Abraham. And Jesus came to Jericho for him. Right. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. lost, Which is 1910. And that is uh, the famous church up the street here. Oh, that's what they're based on? That's what they get it from. Right. 1910. Mm -hmm. I I think I thought it was, I guess I thought it was from Acts 1910, which I have no idea what that is. It's probably not as applicable, but Luke Luke 1910. Mm -hmm. Yep. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And seeking to save the lost, right? Okay. And so that's um, that's Luke. The that's, unique aspects that's of the Luke. unique aspects of Luke in that unique section of Luke on the road to Jerusalem. Very it really nice. emphasizes the way that Luke tells the story. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, so what happens next week? So next week we are getting into the Gospel of John. Ooh, favorite. Yes, it's well, uh, one of them. Well, John is a hard one, so I'm. I love John. I'll have you do the teaching. Mm, no, I'm, John is I'm difficult, good. man. He's very, very difficult. Okay. Uh, and there's, you know, again, we we do the entire Gospel of John in two weeks, so there's tons yes. to do. Tons. Uh, but I'm having people read uh, if they have the Crossways book, uh-huh. read uh, chapter forty-eight, sections A, C, E, Alpha, Charlie, Echo, A, C, E. Okay, so but if they feel like reading the whole Gospel of John, they should go ahead and do it. Well, they should. <laughs> I definitely should. Yeah, I'm never going to stop people from reading the Gospel of John. No. Uh, but especially the first uh, the first chapter. We'll spend a lot of time on John chapter 1. Oh, yes, in the beginning. Um, that's, that's really the main focus of what we're going to look at. Okay, perfect. All right, well, we'll talk to you later. See you next week.